Welcome in to the Thursday edition of the Daily Tap. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Hope you're doing well. This is our last show for the week. We'll be back either Sunday or Monday to recap the Browns, Packers, the Bucks, and the Celtics. Should be a lot of fun this weekend. But before we get to those games, we're going to talk about what we want for Christmas from each of the teams that we discuss from the Green Bay Packers, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Marquette basketball team, the Wisconsin football team. Yeah, okay. I don't care. I know you Marquette fans are going to get mad at me. You always do. It's fine. Uh, and then <laughs> we will do the betting preview for the Green Bay Packers and the Cleveland Browns. We'll also talk a little betting preview for the Christmas Day game for the Bucks and Celtics. And we will ride out of here. So probably a quick show. I don't know. I always say that. When I say a quick show, it's never a quick show. But I, I do think it has a chance to be a quick show. You get something in your earbuds to listen to, whether you're working today, T's and P's if you are, and that's why this podcast is late, because I did not work. So your boy slept in. Your boy had a bunch of beer, and he slept in yesterday, or today, and that's why we are taping this late. Um, if you're not working, then you just get to listen to this whenever. If you unfortunately pop positive for the vid, uh, hopefully this will be at least a good 30 minutes to just kick back, have us on, and enjoy the show. So let's talk about Christmas wishes for all of our sports teams. So one of the popular trends on TikTok right now, uh, you can go follow us, uh, Tapping the Cake Sports, on TikTok is all I want for Christmas is, and then it just goes into whatever you want for Christmas. So you just, you let the music kind of build, you let the beat build of the song. And then after Mariah Carey gets done saying is, and he, obviously you is the the thing, it's the classic Christmas song. It is the song of Christmas, uh, I, I would say, of the last I don't know, 10 years, 15 years, it's grown in popularity as the years have gone on. I I could probably do a whole podcast about my dad being the number one Mariah Carey stand back in the day before it really sort of exploded. Now it's taken off to new levels. But anyways, that's the trend. And then people talk about what they want for Christmas. So I thought I was like, all right, well, let's bring a TikTok trend to the podcast and let's talk about what we want for Christmas from all our different sports teams because there's always Christmas wishes for all these teams. And I know that this year, like, wow, this is very local radio view. Yeah, it is. I don't care. Uh, it's, it's fun. It, let's just have a good time with it and talk about Christmas wishes. So for the Green Bay Packers, I think those are the most obvious Christmas wishes. We want the one seed. We want a Super Bowl. We want Aaron Rodgers to stay. We want Devontae Adams to stay. We'll go through all of them. But I think number one is getting that one seed and making sure that the playoffs go through Lambeau yet again for the second straight year. But this time, they go through Lambeau with a full crowd behind them. If you think the regular season crowds have been nuts at Lambeau, which they've been really good. They've been some of the best Lambeau crowds I think we've seen in a long time. I, I talked about my experience there, how I stood for most of the game, how everybody was engaged, how it seemed like everybody gave a shit that they were in Lambeau Field and felt blessed that they were back in the hallow halls of Lambeau. I think those playoff crowds will be absolutely absurd. So for the Packers to not get the one seed with two home games and a matchup against the Lions would be an absolute crime to humanity. It would easily ruin my holiday season if the Green Bay Packers found a way to fumble the bag and then they're playing the first week 
of the NFL season. As mentioned to the great people here, I'm going to be in Hawaii for the first day of wildcard weekend, which I hopefully can get it on the plane. Hopefully I'll be able to watch as I'm flying because I don't know, I have like a seven hour flight. It's it's a very long flight. And if we have a layover, whatever, I will figure it out. Where there's a will, there is a fucking way, my friends. But regardless, I will I will try to watch it. I just don't want to have to deal with the Packers playing. And if the Packers play, then I go into a complete social media I, I honestly will probably turn off my phone I, I i'm not even kidding you if the packers are playing on that saturday and i'm flying and i'm not able to watch it i will probably turn off my phone i will promise you that like i i will just turn off my phone i will tell people if you need to get a hold of me contact morgan and that's it and then when i get home i'll watch the game and we'll just see whatever that outcome is because there's no way that i'm getting a playoff game spoiled for me so I, that will not happen. So I will live in fucking secrecy. I will fly like someone who was there in the 70s and 60s because that will just not happen to me. So the one seed is crucial not only for, I think, fan sake, but I, there I have a personal stake in the one seat. I planned this vacation. You know, I wouldn't say I planned it, but I just I made a comment that was after we had talked about the dates and whatever, I was like, this would be a great time to go because it's the last week of the season and the NFL it's you know there's not a ton going on yeah i'll miss the college football national championship but i still think i can figure out a way to watch that it's middle of the day on on monday um who knows we'll see just you know what with with vacations which i could do a whole podcast on but with vacations it's really important that you just sort of casually do it you don't force it you just casually do it and if you casually do it there there can be some opportunity there but anyways so the one seat is good that's what is number one. Number two is the Super Bowl. I don't just want to get to the Super Bowl. I want to win the Super Bowl. I think we all do. I think we all are thirsty for the Super Bowl. I think Mitch's statements yesterday on the tapping the keg, which you can go listen to, Mitch was like, every Packer fan thinks this is like the last chance. And it's not necessarily a last dance thing, which we'll get to Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams in a second here. I think it's just everybody knows there's so much uncertainty with this offseason. So if you win a Super Bowl you at least can say, well, we want a Super Bowl. And if Aaron Rodgers wants to leave, great, good, fine, whatever. And go ahead. And and so that's that's going to be what it'll be. And But the Super Bowl would be extremely important for the Green Bay Packers. And t- there is no better time. The door has never been this wide open, in my opinion. I look at years past and I, you know, Tampa, we, we talked, I don't want to repeat yesterday, but I, this is the first time I really feel like in, since 2010 that I don't think there's a team better than us. 2010, it took till the literal playoffs for me to realize that. It took to beating the Eagles to be like, I, I remember the Falcons, how I felt heading into that game. I was just like, they're going to fucking kill the Falcons. They're just, they, they're just better than the Falcons. And sure enough, Aaron Rodgers had the game of his life and the rest is history. And there you go. So the other part of the Christmas wish for the Green Bay Packers is Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers staying. I realize that it is a package deal. Someone asked Albert Breer about a realistic trade package for the Green Bay Packers. And Sports Illustrated, shout out to them and their social media, they clickbaited the fuck out of me. Because it seemed like Albert Breer was going to talk about a realistic trade package. And then when you click into the article and you actually read it, Breer's been pretty good about the Roger. He has a, he's had a really good Rogers take pretty much 
for, I don't know, last few months. He talked about it on Ryan Rosillo's show. He talks about it here in this article where he's like, I don't, he's like, thank you for asking this, but he's like, I don't know what a better situation is than the Green Bay Packers. Like, he has everything there for him. They are built for the future. They, they are not going to just completely crumble. Like, he pointed out how New England needed to rebuild when Brady was at the tail end of his career, how Indianapolis needed to sort of rebuild and reset. The Packers are not in a rebuild or reset. They have a very, very talented roster, even though they only had three Pro Bowlers, which is a complete fucking joke. But they are in perfect position to continue to succeed with or without Aaron Rodgers next season. Now, could they be? will they be worse with Rodgers? Of course, right? Of course they will. But they are in a really good situation. So, like Breer said, if Rodgers just wants to go, then he wants to go. And and that's his choice. But he's really in a good spot. And then for Devontae Adams, I don't know. The, the, the DeAndre Hopkins contract fucked us over so hard. Just like Larry Tunsil fucked us over. Houston Texans, even though the Packers haven't played the Texans in a couple years, the Texans have straight up fucked us for multiple contracts. And this is yet another example of it. And Adams wants $30 million. I don't know if, A, I don't know if the Packers can afford that. B, I don't know if a wide receiver should be getting $30 million. Devontae is probably the best in football. And so maybe he does deserve that money and deserves to be treated like the best receiver in football. But I will also counter that. DeAndre Hopkins, are we are we sure like he's worth that money? Like he had another injury. He's missing more time. He's not not being able to help his team. Now, Devontae hasn't had those problems, but those are the things you think about when you want to give a guy a ton of money. The real question is, what, what would Devontae Adams want to do? Would Devontae Adams look at an opportunity to go play in San Francisco, to go back and play with his at his kind of his hometown. Uh, he's from the Bay. I saw Pro Football Focus. Those fucks had him going to like Los Angeles. And like Devontae Adams coming back home, and it's like he's not from LA, guys. He's from the Bay. Like get get better, get smarter. Yeah, I mean the Chargers would certainly be a team that you'd talk about. You'd talk about the Vegas Raiders. You'd have to because of the relationship he has with Derek Carr. But are the Raiders even going to keep Derek Carr? The Raiders are probably one of the more tumultuous franchises and the amount of unknowns for the Raiders way heavier than what we see for the Green Bay Packers. So one of all those guys, yeah, it'd be perfect for Green Bay to just say, all right, we're going to win a Super Bowl and we're going to run it back. I think what Aaron Rodgers could talk himself into if the Packers win the Super Bowl is that there and Devontae Adams comes back on a shorter deal, maybe a little less money, that Green Bay could basically have a dynasty in Rodgers' final few years, and Rodgers could finally be the first quarterback that sort of retires the right way. We'll see. I that's definitely fantasy land. That's like that's like your holiday hallmark wish, right? Where you just you meet somebody, you fall in love over the Christmas season. Like that's that's basically it. It's a fucking hallmark hallmark movie ending for Rodgers and Adams and everybody else with the Green Bay Packers. All right, let's move on to the other teams. So. We'll be quicker. A uh, lot of wishes for the Green Bay Packers. Christmas wish for the Bucks. First of all, everybody stay healthy with COVID. Obviously, I don't know if Giannis has COVID. We don't know if Bobby has COVID. Uh, the Bucks looked relatively healthy yesterday and dominated the Houston Rockets. 
I realize the Rockets aren't very good, but the Bucks took care of business in that one. Really good game from Boogie Cousins. Great game from Drew Holiday, who's playing fantastic really in the last month. And now they have Dallas tonight. Dallas is is depleted with a lot of guys missing because of COVID and health and safety protocols. So the Bucks have a real opportunity here to kind of build some momentum. Not only that, but then they have Boston and they owe Boston because Boston has been able to beat them. And then you have two games against Orlando. So hopefully Giannis can clear protocols and be back with these guys and the Bucs can kind of run ram shot against the rest of the league. So hopefully the Bucs are taking care of themselves. I, I feel like they they just need to, and they just need to kind of take advantage of this time. But I understand that the NBA has some wonky COVID protocols, and I think they'll change them probably around the 8th after their holiday sort of part. They, they basically have said, said as much that after the holidays, I think the NBA will look at changing and kind of altering their sort of rules, as I think more and more people understand that this, this Omicron is not as severe. It's mild. People are living with it. There's really no reason why, if you're vaccinated and you're asymptomatic, that you shouldn't be out on the basketball court, football field. You guys know the whole deal. I also would love another deep run into the playoffs. I don't know if a championship is realistic, all right? I I would love another championship. I do think that's kind of greedy. I was thinking about that when I was listening to Bill Simmons talk about Joel Embiid, how good Embiid's been this year, which he's been very good. And I have this whole topic about you know, what trade pieces would scare you if you're a Bucks fan that I think Mitch and I will do next week. But thinking through like the Embiid and Giannis matchup and are we, we're, it feels like we're owed that. feels like we're owed Giannis and Embiid to decide the East. Since we got Durant and Giannis last year, we really should get the Giannis and Embiid sort of how do they, how do they do against each other in a playoff series, everything on the line. I think that there are people who are more Embiid guys. There are people who are more Giannis guys. Bucks fans really don't like Sixers fans. Sixers fans don't really like Bucks fans. I would love another deep run in the playoffs. I think it's very possible. I think it's also very possible that Bucks can win a championship. There is no one in the West, and except for maybe the Suns, but could really be Bucks and Suns again. It, there is a real opportunity that we could get a, a st- second straight finals of Bucks and Suns. And I don't think anyone would be surprised if, if that ends up being the case. For Marquette, the Marquette Golden Eagles, I have a few wishes for Marquette. I want them to make a push at the NCAA bid. I realize they've lost three straight. I realize that it seems to be a similar story with Marquette where at least the last two games, the first two Big East games, where they they play hard, they fight, they're in it, in the game really for the entire thing. And then at the end, it just kind of falls apart. And they just can't really close. And it's very much a young team in December for NCAA's sake, right? Like, I do I think that the result might be different late January, early February? Yeah, I do, actually. I think that it could, could be one of those where Marquette flips it and wins the game. I also think, you know, not having a full fan base when you're playing UConn two days or three days before Christmas, everybody's on break. You're not going to have that same kind of crowd that you might have, I don't know, three weeks from now, four weeks from now, where everybody's filling the the arena up and ready to scream their face off. I also would love, and so yeah, if Marquette can kind of just stay around the bubble, I'm not saying like actually make it 
and make the NCAA tournament because I think that would be overachieving to a high degree. It's kind of like what Big Cat from Barstool says about seeing yourself in the in the hunt graphic. He talks about that with the Chicago Bears. It's like just as long as like Marquette is in that on the bubble graphic with Joel Lenardi, Jerry Palm, and other bracketologists, as long as I see that until like, I don't know, late February, early March, I'll be pretty fucking happy. I'll be pretty cool with that. And now that shows what a year that Chaka Smart has had. Hopefully they can stay healthy. Um, same stuff they said about the Bucks just applies to that team. And then nobody enters the transfer portal. I think that's really important that if you can kind of keep everybody together. I realize that that is hard in college basketball, college football. I think for college basketball, it's it's worse because there's only there's only twelve there's twelve to fifteen guys, right? So. If four guys enter the transfer portal, it's kind of like you have to reset. Like that happened with Syracuse, right? Syracuse had a bunch of guys leave, and they had to basically readapt, readjust, and figure out how does their roster change. Um, and that, and they're not the only ones. There are multiple examples of where guys have just exited out, and you had to figure it out yet again. For the Milwaukee Brewers, my only Christmas wish is just start the fucking season on time. My dad, huge Brewers fan. I don't need him like just being depressed in April. Like, where are the Brewers? I just want to watch Brewers baseball. I think someone pointed out. I think it was Tom Fernelli pointed out that like no one's talking about the lockout. Everybody's sort of just whatever. And I don't know. Maybe deadline spur actions, as Andrew Brandt would say. But no one's really talking about what's going to happen with baseball. I think the only baseball headline we have had has been Buck Showalter being the Mets' new manager. I think that I would expect business to pick up as the new year starts, and hopefully we can get to a resolution, and hopefully we can have a baseball season on time, or at least if there's a delay, it'd be two weeks, three weeks at most, and we're back to having baseball in April. Because let me tell you, if baseball goes to like June I think the the lack of empathy for them is going to wane significantly. I think baseball had done a really good job of sort of building up their brand for the last few years. And I think that if they were to destroy their brand with this, it would be it'd be pretty tough. Pretty tough. Uh, there's a lot of accusations. There are a lot of people unhappy. But hopefully they can just figure it out. And And also too, like, the accusation stuff happens in other leagues too. Like J.C. Treader, not to go on a tangent, but J.C. Treader was like, oh, we're, the NFL was thinking about canceling three games. That was such a bullshit fucking story. I didn't listen to J.C. Treader, to be fair. I just saw a headline, so you can judge me for that. But there's no chance the NFL would have canceled three games. Not a single fucking chance. The NFL played every game because of COVID last year. They did not stop. They did not postpone one game. They did not shift one game. They played, oh, they did actually, Steelers, whatever. But they they shifted around buys a little bit, but they played every game, all right? There's no way the NFL would have said, all right, we're canceling three games. Okay, we're also canceling two divisional games, which divisional games have a ton of playoff implications. All three had playoff implications. Could you even imagine the outrage? There's no way. J.C. Trier was full of shit. That was just a sidebar. Lastly, for the Wisconsin Badger football team, 
just win a bowl game, I guess. I mean, it'd be cool to win a bowl game. It's always nice to win a bowl game. It's a late night game. It's, uh, I think it's on the 30th. Game's at 9.30. I realize not a lot of people are probably going out because of the Omni or whatever, but it, it does feel like an awesome time to just go out, watch the game, get shitty, and it kind of starts your New Year's Eve bender. Although I do think, like, starting yesterday for me, like, I don't know if I really... <laughs> I don't know if there will be many days where I won't be drinking, honestly. Um, it's going to be a really fun sprint here for the next few few days, few weeks, and everything like that. So it should be a good time. I, I do wonder, I, this is kind of a Christmas wish. This is like, a, you know, it's like one of those things where you're like, if you need any ideas, maybe just throw this in. If the, if the Badgers get a new quarterback to kind of put a little pressure on Graham Mertz, like get somebody from the transfer portal, and just be like, all right, we have an open competition next year. And it's Mertz versus whomever they get. And as long as that person is committed to being like, yeah, I know I'm going to be in a quarterback competition with Graham, do it. Like, I don't know. Maybe it puts a little pressure under Graham. Maybe he already feels it with Miles Burkett, the kid from Franklin, who's, who's really highly regarded. I mean, he's good. He's a really good quarterback. He's a freshman, though. And, like, I don't necessarily feel like he's he will be the answer either next year like it's not like you're going to start a freshman quarterback and i know people were unhappy about the recruiting this year but i was like i didn't think about that i was like i don't know how many guys the badgers need it badgers have a pretty young team like the badgers will bring back a lot of their guys i know a couple are going to the pros i know a couple will probably enter the transfer portal they're bringing in guys from the portal they got a kid from michigan state coming in like I think a quarterback would be very interesting. I just don't know if they'll do it. I think they're committed to Mertz. I think they want to see the Mertz thing through. But I will say, if the if they're playing in another sort of meaningless bowl game and not in the college football playoff conversation, I do think there's going to be start some questions are going to start coming up for Paul Crest. Similar to like Iowa. Like this reminds me a lot of like Kurt Ferentz a few years ago where Ferentz just seemed to be middling. Seemed like he was just settling for eight and four seasons and or nine and three years because he was kind of untouchable in terms of a contract situation. And then he had a few good ones and they, they flirted with the college football playoff, you know, last couple of years. And, and that I think has helped sort of Kurt Ferentz, you know, basically ride that out but they all hate his son who is the offensive coordinator and that's and that's for good reason because their their offense kind of stinks but yeah so we'll see what happens those are my christmas wishes may they all come true hopefully none of them like don't come true at all like that would be the worst if they had like none of them come true like fuck you no one seed aaron Rodgers leaving no super bowl bucks losing the first round Marquette's trash all year. The Brewers start in June. Like, that's the anti-Christmas right there. But hopefully that won't happen. All right, let's move on to the betting preview for the Browns and Packers. And then we'll do Bucks celtics I realize Bucks have a game tonight, but I know Christmas Day is where you guys will be honed in. So the Green Bay Packers right now are a 7.5 point favorite over the Cleveland Browns. The over-under is 45.5. The Browns, I think, are expected to have Baker Mayfield back. He has not cleared COVID protocols somehow, uh, but Baker Mayfield is expected to be pit, be the quarterback. You could get Case Keenum. Uh, Mayfield has really struggled this year. Miles Garrett also dealing with a groin injury, which would be very significant if Miles Garrett cannot go, given that the Green Bay Packers have a beat-up offensive line that has done really well, but I would argue that this is their biggest test. 
So when we look at the line and we look at it at seven or seven and a half, I, if it's seven and a half, you pull it down to, to seven. I even think if it's at eight, you pull it down, you take the 130, you buy the point, and you just make sure that you're not going to get screwed if the Packers win by seven or you're not going to get screwed by a back door. Just take it down to seven and have seven be your sort of key and your guide. I like the Packers in this spot. I feel like Green Bay understands that the one seed is out ahead of them. I know that they love playing in Lambeau Field. They have had some issues after winning the NFC North, at least in 2019. They had that near debacle against the Detroit Lions in Detroit. Now, it might just be because they were in Detroit. I think there's going to be a lot of emotions kind of riding into this game just based on the fact the Green Bay Packers... A, have the Aaron Rodgers record potentially on the precipice. B, it's Christmas. I think there's something fun about being the the primetime game and being the sort of team. But yeah, Green Bay, oh yeah, they, and I think they won the division after and then they had that weird Carolina game, which was a Saturday night game, and they, had, they kind of struggled with that Carolina team who was, I think, looking for a playoff spot. I'd have to like look back to see when they clinch, but there always seems to be one weird game within the month of December. Hopefully, it's not it's not going to be this one. Maybe we got it out of our systems with Baltimore. Uh, I know Cleveland is hungry for a, a playoff spot, and they want that playoff spot. And I do worry that Nick Chubb might be able to run on the Packers. Now, Kenny Clark being back is going to be a huge addition. I don't I don't worry as much about Stefanski's offense with Kenny Clark kind of patrolling the middle. I Baker Mayfield is good for a couple of interceptions. I look at that Packer defense and I do think that the Packers can slow down Kenny or sorry, slow down Baker Mayfield for sure and you know force turnovers and make things happen in terms of the giveaways and that's kind of why I like the seven, because I, I do think the Packers are going to win this game. I do think they'll win something like 30 to 20. So that, I guess, would be an over if I were to go that route. But I, I feel really good about Green Bay. Cleveland also has been sort of shaky in terms of a betting team. Uh, they're right now one for their last four against the spread. They're one for their last four against Green Bay. Now, granted, those teams that played Green Bay weren't very good. They're two and five in their last seven games. So there's they've really sort of struggled in terms of against the spread. They also have not been good in December, three and six against the spread. So there's no real trend that says, well, Cleveland's pointing upwards. I know they had the nice win. Or they lost to the Raiders. They, I was going to say they had a nice win against the Raiders, but they lost in the last second against the Raiders. I think had they won that game and there had been a little bit of momentum that, hey, we won without any of our guys, like you can kind of build off that. I just think the Browns have kind of reached that precipice of they've had a year from hell and it's not been good for them. And it's definitely been a step back from last season. And I think the Packers are going to win this game kind of handedly. I also love a big dog anytime touchdown prop. I don't know where you'll get that. Probably like 500 plus 500 or something. But I would definitely invest in a big dog prop. If anyone Aaron Rodgers wants to give the last touchdown to, it's big dog. So you're like, Charlie, would we go to, Would we go anytime touch? Would we go first time? If you want, you, the odds would be crazy. Uh, I just think you have a better chance of hitting the anytime. So you're not relying on the first touchdown of the game for either the Green Bay Packers or the Cleveland Browns. 
As for the over-under of 45, the Packers have had overs in the last four or five games. They've suddenly flipped to an over team. They were an under team for a lot of the year. Law of large averages, you're starting to see the Packers go back to overs. I don't like it either way. I think there's just too much uncertainty with the Browns' offense. If you think the Packers can score 45 on that Cleveland defense by themselves, maybe look into it. If Miles Garrett is out, maybe it's a late bet. Maybe it's something you fit in. If Miles Garrett ends up not playing, I would potentially look at that. Uh, Packers' total team over would probably be somewhere in the 28 range. I'm going to go on Bovada and check that out. Let's see here. Packer total team over might be something you could look into if you wanted to have a little extra action besides the anytime stuff. Total points for the Packers right now is 27 and a half. Don't hate that. I, I kind of like that. Also, I did look and the Mercedes Lewis anytime is th- plus 350. Vegas knows. That's, that is a clear sign that Vegas knows what's up. They know that he's been trying to get it. They fucking know. Those dirty dogs. I tell you what. But yeah, 27 and a half, not bad. Would, would look into that, would think that that would be something that could be profitable. So potentially invest in that and best of luck uh, if you are investing in the Packers with your new holiday earnings. For the Bucs, uh, they play the Celtics on Christmas Day. Right now, the line is seven and a half. Now, we don't know what the lineups might look like with all the health and safety protocol stuff. The over-under is a wild 234. Now, a lot of trends favor the Celtics. Celtics have been really good against the Bucs. Uh, they give the Bucs the best shot, but I do think the Bucs are going to have sort of that revenge Bucs in them. And if you know anything about the revenge Bucs, you know that they, they'll want to put it on Boston. I think the fact that Boogie's been able to get going is actually a huge lift for for uh, Milwaukee, just given the fact that Boston's had trouble protecting the paint with Giannis. I think if Boogie kind of serves as that guy, if Giannis can't go, I think that's really important for the Bucks. I think the fact that Wes Matthews sort of started to find his stroke a little bit. Grayson Allen's battling an illness. Hopefully Grayson's able to play and the Bucks would pretty much be at full tilt. Even if they didn't have Giannis and Bobby, if they just had the rest of that roster. That's pretty damn good. And Celtics are, are have been really kind of safe from COVID besides Josh Richardson. And I, I just think that the Bucks owe this. I, I like the seven. I'd like it a little more at six. I, I know that the trends go against it. It's just more of a, it might be a homer play. I just think the Bucks are, are ready to kind of deliver the pain for the Celtics. I would take the under two. Uh, 234 is way too high, uh, especially at a 130 start time. Uh, I just think that's a really good under opportunity if it's going to be that high. I doubt it's that high. I, there, I'd be really surprised. If it's that high, that's an absolute fucking gift to all of us. That is another Christmas gift under our tree. And then, yes, if you want to parlay the Green Bay, pa- or the Green Bay Packers and the Milwaukee Bucks together, I don't know if you're going to get plus odds on that. You might need to throw something else in it. But, yes, a Wisconsin parlay of the Wisconsin, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Green Bay Packers would be good. You could also do a tease. I, that that's a wild move, but if you tease the Bucks, I don't usually tease in the NBA and basketball. I think it's use, it's completely useless. But you could tease that down to what I think three, three and a half, and then the the Packers would go down to one. Wouldn't be bad. That would don't hate that. I do actually like a Christmas tease of the Packers and the Colts. That that to me is, I love that. I absolutely adore that. I think the Colts are a great bet too on Christmas. Uh, I just think you're getting getting the 
Arizona Cardinals at the right time. I think the Cardinals are doing their usual thing. And when teams swoon, as someone who watched Steve Wojciechowski's team swoon for years, you just have to ride the fucking swoon, baby. So do that. It's a little extra extra advice there at the very end. All right, that does it for our show. Let's see, where do we go from a long show to a short show? Did I keep my promises that it's a short show? Ah, it's 32. I think I'll have a little edit there, so I'll probably get down to 31. It's a normal show. All right, take care of yourself. I don't know if I'll be back Sunday or Monday. I, While I want to recap, while I want to talk about Bucks and, pa- Bucks and Packers, I just want to also make sure that we're covering the NFL the way it should be because, like, if you know Tampa wins and Dallas wins, like how does that impact all the different things? Dallas doesn't play till the night, so I don't know. Maybe we'll do a Sunday show recapping, and then maybe a Monday show sort of being like, where do the Packers sit from there? Well, we'll work it out. I will uh, keep you guys updated. Uh, have a great Christmas. Stay safe. Be with your families. Enjoy it. Um, hopefully, everything goes well for those who are home with the COVID. You got a lot of sports on. That's you have a lot of sports on. Like treat yourself. Like go Instacart something. Get yourself something really nice from a dinner perspective. Like make sure that you are taking care and having a good fucking time, even though you are battling the cocoa. All right. Take care of yourself. Have a great, great holiday. We'll be back on Sunday or Monday. All right. See you guys. Bye.